It is Tuesday, September 6, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today, presented to you by our friends over at Vincero Collective. We'll tell you how you will have the best looking watch in the entire neighborhood. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan is along for the ride as well. And before we start with baseball and all the other amazing things that have happened over the last four days, shout out to my beautiful bride, Michelle Rose. 25th anniversary today there, Ploofy. 25 years since the day you tricked her. I don't know how you did it, man. I know. That's You know, I got to be honest. I want to make jokes about it because that's what we do on this show. But 25 years of marriage is awesome. I love being married. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I can't wait to like share those moments with Olivia. So I'm very like proud of you guys. And uh, you are, um, you know, like I look at you and your relationship as something to idolize. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. We get along pretty well. We still get along pretty well. It's nice. We had a nice uh, pre-anniversary luncheon. We took Brady out yesterday. We went out to Malibu. The three of us just kind of hung out. Cause you know, Tuesday is kind of a weird day. Got school. We got a lot of stuff going on. So we'll celebrate this coming weekend, but we started yesterday. So it was nice. What are you guys going to do? What do you mean? What are you going to do? Today? No, you said you're going to celebrate this weekend. You, know, you got plans? Oh, yeah. No, no, I don't want to talk too much about that. Okay. Yeah. We actually celebrated back in uh, April. If you remember, we I took a few days and went to Cabo. So it was like our big trip because the fall is no bueno. Okay. Fall's no bueno to go take trips. So, all right. Let's... um. So, Michelle, thank you for hanging out with me and putting up with me over the last 25 plus years. Love you, baby. Uh, here we go. Little baseball. And I love this story. You're going to see a lot of them in September of guys realizing their dreams, getting promoted from the minor leagues. We'll be talking about a couple of big name pitchers that did amazing things on Monday. But I want to mention the story of Fernando Cruz of the Cincinnati Reds. Drafted in 2007 as a position player by the Kansas City Royals. He made his major league debut late last week as a pitcher at the age of 32. I love this story because he played more than 500 minor league games, more than 200 in other countries, more than 40 in independent ball. And here he was as a 32-year-old getting his shot at the show and pitched a scoreless inning. Those are the stories I live for. So tip of the cap to him, Ploofy. It's awesome. You know, when you have a dream, you know, like he had, it's difficult to give up on it. Um, but then you you start to play in the minor leagues and you're going to all these different winter leagues and stuff. And then it can be easier to give up on it. But there are some guys that just have that dog in them uh, and want to continue to do it. And, you know, getting to the big leagues makes like all of that grind worth it. And that's just the bottom line. So it is a very cool story. Um, the determination and the grits and just obviously the dude loves baseball. And for him to be able to finally play it on like the biggest stage, well, the one you always dream of is, is very, very special. So I'm glad we're talking about this to start the show off. Yeah, I mean, really, there's it always feels like there's a ton of stories like this. And we've mentioned a few of them from earlier in the season. You know, your former teammate that is now lighting the world on fire in Washington, hitting walk-off homers and all sorts of fun stuff. But these stories, I think they just deserve a mention because of how hard guys work. 
to get there. And That's what's all. cool is what's cool is not only is this story like about you know him persevering and doing all this different stuff. It's like about how people get seen nowadays. I mean, there was a scout that saw video of him uh, or like had video of him and sent it to the Reds, and then all of a sudden, like, yeah, let's sign this guy. And he dominated this year in Louisville, and then now he's up. And it's like, doesn't matter where you go to school or where you're playing. Like, go do your thing and work hard, and like somebody's gonna see you. Yep. Good for him. Uh, It'll be interesting to see where his journey takes him next. Today's journey on baseball today takes us to the Bronx, where Aaron Judge continues to mash. Monday, Labor Day, he was laboring against the Twins. Hit his 54th homer that ties A-Rod for the most ever by a Yankee right-handed batter. At what point does Aaron Judge start getting the Barry Bonds treatment for the rest of the season? I mean, the teams are already like being careful with him, but you're right, Chris. There's no one behind him that you'd be scared of right now. Like their Yankees' biggest bet or bat they could put behind him right now is Stanton, and he just hasn't been, you know, who they need him to be. You know, I think Rizzo might be coming back today. That could help as well. But if you're a team and you're game planning against the Yankees, there's no reason right now to pitch to judge at all. And I think he's been patient. He's got the on-base percentage over 400. Uh, but I do believe as soon, especially as we start getting towards the race, you know, towards the end of September and like, why would you lose a game to Aaron judge this weekend against Tampa? He scored all three runs in the series. Like he was literally the entire <laughs> offense of the Yankees. So, you know, teams see this, Chris. They see this and they game plan and they go, where's the outs? Where's the outs in lineup? He's not one of the outs and there's outs all around him. So yes, eventually you can clog the bases with Aaron Judge. You can. And they're, and they're going to start. And I want to start off by saying, I want to see them pitch to him. I Me love too. seeing Aaron Judge hit homers. Uh, I told you that I was going to start really tuning into all of his at-bats when he got to 50 and I have been and I sit there and I go, what the fuck are these teams doing? Why are they pitching to him? So there's part of me that just as a fan that wants to see it. And people were like, I even brought it up yesterday on Twitter. And people were like, Chris, don't mention it. Because the, like, wait a second. Like, I'm the first person in the world to think of this. Like, you don't think the other dugout is thinking about the pot. Like, maybe we shouldn't pitch to him here. And people are like, well, we can pitch around him. Stop pitching around him. Like, I'll take yesterday as an example. Lead off knock by the Yankees. He comes up. I would rather do this four fingers first and second, nobody out and pitch to the next guy rather than pitch to him with a guy on and nobody out. It's that simple. The guy's got eight homers in his last 13 games. He is fucking on fire. Don't let him beat you. The rest of the lineup can't hit shit. Do not pitch to him. Now pitch to him because I'm a baseball fan. I want to see it. But if you're trying to win fucking games, do not pitch to him. End I agree. He has 11 intentional walks in the year. I thought that number would be much higher. Um, he does lead the American League in walks, too. So, like, teams are being careful, but I agree with you, Chris. I mean, there is They're not being right careful. Now, right now, there's They're nobody not being careful. There's nobody around him that you're, like, scared of. And, like, that sucks for the Yankees. Like, LeMahieu needs to figure it out. Stanton needs to figure it out. Rizzo needs to come back and, and maybe be the protection the judge needs. But I told you he was going to get hot, didn't I? He hit a breaking yes. ball for a homer. He kept his hands. I said, this guy's about to go off and hit a bunch of homers. You said eight in the last 13 games. Jeez, man. 
Dude, you know how many categories he leads that he leads the major leagues in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven categories on his baseball reference page, then two more for the AL. This guy is an absolute animal right now. Okay. You mentioned how many intentional walks did Aaron does Aaron Judge have this year? Eleven. Eleven. The year that Barry Bonds walked 232 times, he had a hundred and twenty intentional walks. <laughs> one twenty. <laughs> 100. So don't give me the whole, well, they're pitching around him. No, they're not. Nobody is doing it right. So if you want to lose to the Yankees, continue to pitch to Aaron Judge. It's you need to walk him because if you do try to pitch around him, he covers all the quadrants, bro. So you can't you can't say I'm going to go here and here, here. Like he can cover everything. So I agree with you. Like if you. And again, once and we're in September now, interdivision here. They are going to start walking this guy. They have to. Okay. They have to. Dude, if the Twins lose the division by one game, you don't think you can go back to yesterday's decision by Rocco Baldelli to not intentionally walk him? As, as We don't know how the inning would have played out. Next guy could have hit a three-run homer. Yep, could have. <laughs> you have a better chance of seeing Aaron Judge hit a two-run homer than the next guy hitting a three-run homer. I can tell you that these days. Maybe he's a baseball fan just like you. He wants to see history Maybe. being made. Thank you. You know what, Rocco? I take that back. <laughs> Very cool. Should be by the way, he's on pace for 65 homers. In 65. Speaking of big home run afternoons, Bo Bichette, first three home run game of his career as the Jays sweep a double dip in Baltimore. If Toronto makes the postseason party, is it the most dangerous offense of any American League playoff teams? Oh, it can be. It can be. Because I keep telling you, like, th- this team has not gotten hot yet. They had a pedestrian mm-hmm. August. I think they went 13 and 14 in August. And now September, small sample size, 5 and 0 in September. And, and guys have just started to pick it up. The guys that needed to early on in the year started to pick it up. Matt Chapman, since we had that talk, has been going off. Uh, Bo Bichette, I know the three homers yesterday kind of spikes his numbers, but like, he's having an incredible September and like his numbers are getting going. And those, top three right there like springer vladdy and Bo, is electric okay and then you got kirk and chapman and guriel and there's a lineup is very very long even at the bottom you know some of the guys that can they can change in and out like have awesome skill sets that you can deploy during these games that aren't just like a home run hitter they have speed down there they have contact guys down there. i'm talking like tapia and and merrifield like they can do a lot of different things as an offense as well so I'll say, like, yeah, they, I think they might be, Chris. To answer your question, they might be the most dangerous AL offense if they're all clicking, which I think they're going to in September. I'm calling a massive September run for this team. I know they're 5-0 and already, but, like, I'm thinking it could be a 20-win month for them. So part of the reason I picked the Blue Jays, whose, co- whose cap I am wearing today, to win the World Series at the beginning of the year was because of this offense. I just thought they were dynamic. I thought that a lot of guys had gotten experience in recent years and felt like they were going to take off. And I really thought at the center of it was going to be Bo Bichette, right? Vlad was their MVP candidate, but Bo Bichette was kind of kind of be his, his Robin to Vlad's Batman. And it has not worked out. He hasn't been good this year. He's just been okay. He's been shoddy on defense. He's been yeah. so-so at the dish. Now, in his last 15 games, he's hitting 400 with 10 extra base hits. That's getting warm. Springer makes such a difference in their team. Yes. Such a di- and, and that guy lives 
for October. There are certain guys, Correa, Springer, that love that month, and he's one of them. Um, I still think I like Houston's offense a little bit more, although the Brantley injury really scares me because that guy gives you such a good at bat in, in the postseason when things speed up on guys. So that's the only team I think that could have a better offense. I agree with you. But I, I, I do think that, yeah, I think that Toronto's the answer. It's, I think Toronto can be longer than Houston. I love Houston's offense. I love their team. We, we're going to talk about Hunter Brown here in a little bit, but uh, Toronto just has the ability to go one through nine with above average hitters, which you can't say that about many teams. That is all true. That is all true. It's going to be fun down the stretch, man. That American League wild card is still going to be crazy. We've got a month to go, and it's going to be absolutely insane, and I cannot wait. Cannot wait. I, t- I talk about this. I've mentioned this before. Um, Prince Fielder and I had a conversation one, one day when I was on first base, and my numbers weren't there, and I was kind of complaining to him, and this was like May or something. I'm like, man, like, don't like seeing those numbers up there. And he would always tell me, don't look at your numbers now. Like all that matters is what they are at the end of the year. Like if you're good, you're good. You know what I mean? So Bo Bichette is not a low sevens OPS type hitter. He's just not. So when he goes through this first, you know, half and then into the second half is that, you know, something big is coming. That's just the way of baseball. Big month of September for Bo, big month of September for the Blue Jays. Yep. Good luck to them. It's going to be fun. Like I said, you know what else is fun? looking good when you're going out, making sure you're accessorizing. It's not as simple as just having a pretty face like my partner over there. Sometimes you got to dress it up a little bit. That's why I want to introduce you to Vincero Collective, okay? Mm. It is the best watch around. They also make premium lifestyle brands, uh, high-quality, affordable sunglasses, jewelry, and much more. They're based out of San Diego, and they have got it working. And if you're looking for the perfect accessory to elevate your style for a limited time only, you're going to get 20% off plus free shipping site-wide with the exclusive code today at VinceroCollective.com. That is V-I-N-C-E-R-O collective.com. Use that code word today and save some serious cash. Now, there are basically three words that come to mind when you think of these products. They're stylish quality, and versatility. They design everything in-house. They source out their own materials that it produces in small batches. So they are doing things the right way, and they're making it look great. They've got over 30,000 five-star reviews, features in Forbes and Business Insider, in Newsweek, and oh so much more. And Vincero's five-year guarantee and 365-day free return policy has you covered as well. Now, I got to be honest. For the longest time, I didn't wear watches. I just didn't. I don't know what happened. I stopped wearing them. And all of a sudden, my wife was like, can you wear a watch when we go out? Just mm. even, it doesn't have to be, you, you don't have to be dressed to the nines and go to the, the state dinner in order to wear a watch. Like, wear a nice watch. So these guys sent me one. I started wearing it. And Michelle, my beautiful bride of 25 years today, was like, you're on board. They hooked you up. So use the code word today, VinceroCollective.com. That is V-I-N-C-E-R-O collective.com. Keep up with the trends, look stylish, and save some money on top of it. 20% off and free shipping. There you go. I love when Michelle compliments you. It makes you so happy. It makes you so happy, and then that makes me happy. 
Hell yes, it does. Hell yes, it does. That's the secret to success. Guys, you want to be married 25 years? Go get yourself a Ventura Collective. Use the code word today. All right, American League Central, tightest race around that's involving three teams. You got my sliding guardians who somehow hung on last night. They're leading it. What? What are you doing? There? Oh, I think it's a two-team race now. Keep going. The Guardians are leading the Twins by one and the White Sox by two. A week ago on this show, you declared Chicago D-E-A-D, dead. In fact, somebody sent us the clip of you declaring them dead. They are far from it. In fact, are you willing to say the Southsiders are now the favorite to take down the division? Okay, I need to explain myself a little bit here, Chris. First of all, I think it's a two-team race. I think Cleveland's out. I think they're gonna. I think it's gone. Even though they're leading it, please, Zach. What's what's going on, man? That's your guy. He's got to stop punching things. I know. Is he out for the year? Yes. So he doesn't think so. He doesn't think so. It's a it's a boxer's fracture, which is right on the fifth metacarpal or whatever the fuck that thing is on your knuckle. On his pitching hand. On his pitching. Okay, whatever. Let me explain myself with the whole Chicago thing. Please do. It's coming down to it, Chris. You know my World Series prediction was Milwaukee over the White Sox. So, you know, those are the teams I've been rooting for this year because I want to be right again. At least want to make sure they make the playoffs, okay? And that didn't seem likely at that point. People kept telling me, declare the White Sox dead like you did with the Mariners, and maybe they'll get going. And I was like, I can't do that. I can't do that. I used up all my magic with the Mariners, dude. I didn't think I had it in me. And then finally last week, I said, you know what? Maybe I'll do it just ever so slightly and see what happens. So I did it. And here we are, Chris. Two games Oh, back. so you're saying that this was a part of your mastermind. Oh, okay. It's... Don't listen to what I'm saying. But if I speak it into existence, it's going to work. Is that what it was? I have certain tools at my disposal and I decided to use one of my nice. tools. Okay. Now this is the thing I said, I don't think Cleveland's going to be in this race towards the end. Okay. This is me. This is me predicting what's happening in September. Twins, White Sox, both have very soft schedules going forward and they play Which each other. It doesn't what? mean a thing. I have to, I have to interrupt you. That does not mean anything. Washington right. went maybe... into New York and took a series <laughs> And then yesterday they beat up on the Cardinals. So would you rather have, have an easy schedule, schedule or a hard thing. schedule? I don't know. Answer the question. You know, you'd rather have an easy schedule. Okay. And let me finish my point. Okay. Okay. Piss me <laughs> off a little bit. <laughs> they play each other six more times, including to end the year, Minnesota and Chicago yes. do. So those are the games we're looking at right here. I think Minnesota I haven't believed in them all year. They're still here hanging around. So I'll give them, you know, the benefit of the doubt, but I think it's going to obviously come down to those six games that have to play against each other. I'll say the white Sox are the favorite in that division right now. I agree. I think my guardians will hang around. I don't know if they have enough juice. God, they, they went 27 straight innings without scoring a run recently. And they just went on a one and five home stand against Baltimore and Seattle. The perhaps the saving grace will be while Minnesota and Chicago are trying to beat each other up over the yeah. last three games. 
that Cleveland finishes with six at home against Kansas City. It's that bizarre schedule that a couple of teams have a six-game series to finish the year. And I don't know. It's possible. Who knows? I would I would rank them in order. Chicago, Minnesota, and Cleveland. <laughs> but I'm not going to say that my Guardians are out of it. Okay. I, I can't they're not, say Obviously, they're not out of it, Chris. They're not they're out know, of it. There are some people who believe it. And, it, hey, if you look at my family text chain, which involves my two brothers and one of my nephews, they're like, oh, my God, this has been, it's been tough to watch. You mentioned it. It is baseball. Things happen. Seven and six, the Twins have the season edge on the White Sox. So those games have been tight. Six more to go. I think those are the ones that are going to decide the division. And only one of those teams is making the playoffs, obviously. It's, it's division or bust. Yeah. They're not going to get a wild card. So it's all, it's for the all the marbles. ends on a Wednesday, right, this year? Season ends on a Wednesday? It is Wednesday, October 5th. And, th- and that's the day they all start at the, all the games start at the same time and stuff like that. Yes. So, so here's what's going to happen. That's very interesting. The winner of the Minnesota Chicago game that day will have to play Cleveland in a one game winner take all for the division on Thursday. Ooh. Okay. You like that? You like that? No. Do they, do they, do they do that for the uh, division? I thought it was, if, uh, I thought Oh, what it was if there's headed? a three-way tie? What happens if there's a three-way tie? I don't think you can have a tie. With, it's, it's just record against. Well, what if there's a three-way tie? I don't know. We have to dive deep into this. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know who, the, who like, who's going to be lined up to pitch that last day, but like, right. my, my, reasoning, my reasoning of thinking is that Chicago has better starters right now, like, or at least the potential to have better starters right now. I can see like a, like a Lynn Giolito, Cueto, Cease, like getting hot at the oh, right time. Cease is already there. He's been there the Cease whole time. Cease is there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Real yeah. quickly, let me ask you one question. Remember I tried to FaceTime you this weekend, and you didn't pick did. up, and then you called me back, and then I didn't pick up? That's because on Saturday, we were watching Cease, and in the ninth inning, two outs. Oh, yeah, Luis. Luis arrives. So two things. One, they threw Nick Gordon in the bottom of the eighth inning, and I thought that was to because their their bullpen hadn't been burned. They had had an off day on a Thursday. They didn't use a lot of arms on a Friday. I think they used three arms on a Friday, whatever. But I'm like, are they doing this to screw up Dylan Cease's mojo? I thought that they were doing that. And then when a rise bat flipped after getting a hit down thirteen nothing and breaking up a no hitter, I was like, hey, that feels so good, dude. I. I get the it may not look right, but as a hitter, you just want to be that guy that ruins the, his night, and he did. That's fine, but bat flip. Hey, you lead the AL in batting average. Do whatever you want. Okay, all right. I thought that was kind of weird. Don't talk bad Let's about my on. twins. No, I'm not. I just thought it was kind of strange. Bat flipping down thirty. You'd, ba- you'd bat flip the shit out of that if you did that, dude. If I got any sort of contact, forget about having going <laughs> fair. If I filed tipped a major league pitch, it would have been like me, yeah, a motherfucker. Especially ceased to. <laughs> um, let's do this one quickly, although I think they both deserve a little love. Cooler major league debut on Monday. Houston's Hunter Brown with six shutty, allowing three hits against Texas, or Arizona's Ryan Nelson, a seven shutout against the Padres. I hope you pick the other guy so we can talk about both. But I'll I'll do Hunter Brown because you know we've been hearing about this guy. You know I'm a Houston fan, and watching him throw, you're like, this is another one. They got another one. Yeah, they do. like you know, 
watching some of the highlights, you know, the first two batters he strikes out, Simeon and Seager. And then I started to look at like how he throws. He sets up in the middle of the rubber. Then he goes way to the first base side, but then he steps across his body. So that arm angle is a little strange, kind of cutting across with the heater. And he's blowing 97, you know, big power curveball, big power slider. What I thought was cool, like the debut is great. He had an excellent line, but he grew up a Justin Verlander fan and he came up to replace Justin Verlander and Justin Verlander's there giving him advice, fist bumps, all that cool stuff. I mean, what that's a story that he's going to have to tell for the rest of his life. You know, this guy's going to be a very good pitcher in the big leagues. There's no doubt about it, but this first game doing it, you know, at home in those cool uniforms, I do like those uniforms Uh, Mm -hmm. with JV watching. I think it's just a really, really special moment for him. And he's electric dude. And again, Houston, like, they just keep doing it, bringing guys up that are Unreal. above average major leaguers. Um, Pitching Ninja did a great little, like, one on top of the other of Verlander and um, and Brown. It was really cool. I thought it was neat. Uh, Ryan Nelson, the thing I love most, he had 77 friends and family in attendance. Oof. 77. I've never heard of that in my life. So I thought that made it really cool. Plus, Arizona's played great over the last month. Oh, man. my gosh. And and they're, you know, I, I will applaud these guys because it was it was going bad fast there in a hurry. And then Torrey gets his contract picked up and all that sort of stuff. There's some good signs there. Some nice young players have gotten yes. a shot over the last month or six weeks, which I, I think is great. And they're winning big ball games, right? You can go ask the Brewers about that. Now you can go ask the Padres about it. Kid pitched great, and I think he's a former Oregon Duck. And after what happened to Oregon on Saturday against Georgia, where they got their dicks kicked in, <laughs> duck, Ducks Athletic needed a little love. So I thought it was great. Good for him. I'll be watching. And by the way, Sarah Langs, a great Sarah Langs, tweeted out it was just the third time ever that two pitchers made their major league debut on the same day with at least six shutout innings. The other two times, you're going to love this one, in 1998, Masato Yoshi, remember him? And Eric Milton. Okay. Former twin. And in 1991, Ricky Bonus and Armando Reynoso. So kind of cool stuff there. It is cool. I like it. All right, last one. I don't know how we get our hands on the Edwin Diaz bobblehead, but holy shit, do I need to add it to the collection because it sounds like this. Yeah, you know the rest. Okay, first of all, I don't know how we get it. I'm gonna. I, I don't like to beg for things very often on this show, but I that. will do it. Please, we send can get us that. one. Now, the other thing I want to ask you: two things. There's been okay. a, there were a ton of college football programs that had yes. the trumpet blare this weekend. Do we like it that that the movement has spread sports? You want to know why I like it? Because Timmy Trumpet and the other dude, I think Narco. Whoever's on that track, these dudes are getting paid from that. And this is a song that, like, you know, would it have been popular without Edwin Diaz? Like, who knows? Maybe, but probably not. This is becoming, like, a cultural thing. And these guys are going to profit off it. And I love that so much. Every time that song gets played, like, they should be getting paid, especially by Ohio State, like you said, these football programs. Like, if they start putting that into their rotation, I love it for those guys. Do you – um? 
did you think it was okay that the Braves during a rain delay when the Mets lost over the weekend played that over the PA system? Or is that just Bush League? I wonder who's like who's making those decisions. Is that like the PR team, the social media team? Like the players have nothing to do with that. They're like, no, of course not. They're in a rain delay. You think they even knew it happened? Yeah, that's that's what I'm wondering. Whenever stuff like that um, happens, I'm like, what's who did that? Who's making that call? Yeah, it was silly because people say, oh, the Braves did this. It wasn't the Braves. It was some. It was a kid. Well, because probably. a lot of. Uh, a lot of Braves fans are saying, well, Edwin Diaz is getting all the love, but it was Contreras' walk-up song. Was it, who was it first? I, I don't know. I wasn't – I mean, I don't know. Put in the comments right here, who, was, who had that first? Because I've heard uh, conflicting stories here. Yes. It's and that matters. It matters. Although Edwin Diaz has stole it, or, like, maybe he didn't steal it. Like, it's his now, in my, in, in, in my opinion. It's I want to know who started it. Even if he did it second, it's his? Dude, he had the guy do it at his game live. Of course, it's his. <laughs> he has the bobblehead. I don't. I don't see you know Contreras with a bobblehead with a song pumping out of it. All right, what do you have coming up on John Boy Media? Uh, I'm doing all JM team. We're filming it today. It'll be released tomorrow for Talking Baseball. So we'll go over everyone's stats through August. That's how we do our team. It's it's a cumulative award. Each month we hand it out, but it's not just the month of August. It's through August. Uh, so that's always a fun episode for us. What do you got? Uh, the latest episode of the Chris Rose Rotation was released yesterday. Thank you very much, Trevor Plouffe, for setting us up with Chris Archer, who was phenomenal. Everybody's heard him broadcast before. I mean, he's if he wants to do that, he can. He and I talked about what he might do once he's done. So he's I done that a little bit, right? He did a little yeah, playoff he stuff. He's yeah. great. He's just so yeah. good. He's so smart. He's funny. He's insightful. Everything. Good um, looking. All the moms in my neighborhood love yeah. Chris Archer. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, who doesn't love Chris Archer? And then he talks about how he how he hammered out some uh, cheating issues with Carlos Correa, baseball cheating issues with Carlos Correa in the shower. Oh, it's the you best place to get a – that's the best place to have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't do well in the whole conversation, shower conversation. Thing. You would love, I'm telling you right now, Chris, you would love the showers. One of my favorite things about baseball is getting in the shower with the boys at the end of the night. Not right now. Not in a good spot. I would have to wear like a scuba suit or something in there. What are you worried about your body? Yeah, it's not good. You should see some baseball players' bodies. You'd be surprised. You'd fit right in. Dude, some of the, with some the, of the shower stories are priceless. Yeah, I would fit in with the pitchers. There's no <laughs> big ass <laughs> legs. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we got that. And then uh, I don't want to give it away in case it falls through, but I think I'm taping one later today and then taping one on Friday, both of which I'm very excited about. So there you go. Uh, special shout out to our producer extraordinaire, the one and only Dan Rourke. That is Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Wednesday on Baseball Today.